When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And welcome back to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. I've got my brother Quentin with me as always. And our next stop on the tour bus schedule is Cave In. We're going to turn up the volume a little bit here, Q, as we heard from that intro there. Enough of these mamby-pamby emo bands, you know? Yeah, dude. Enough of these emo kids, man. By 2003, when this record came out, Q, we were sick of that shit. Yeah, man. And we said, give me some fucking distortion, dude. Although, the the irony is, I think the next full length is going to be the most emo of all emo bands uh, that we've covered. And maybe a little bit heavier as far as the screams go than these guys. Uh, Yes. The angst is going to be cranked up. Anyway, if 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 you're if you're disappointed that we're not covering another punk rock or emo band today, we will circle back to it here pretty soon. But for now, for this episode, uh, I think we've been we've been stoked about this record, and our plans to talk about it have been since the origin of the podcast, really. And it took us this long to get around to it, but I'm super stoked, man. This uh, this record is is exceptional i think it, it it you know like when when we i think we touched on this with some of the other bands like you know you listen back on it it's more of a nostalgia thing right like like with hey mercedes and hot rod circuit blink 182 especially dude blink 182 yeah we acknowledge being removed from it right and no longer being in the age group that like yeah it's a little cheesy it's a little corny yeah. you have to have really been the right age to appreciate it but with this record I think it it fucking I think it's a truly a hidden gem cue, which is part of our intro. Right. This record is something else, man. Yeah, dude. This is a, an album that I'm not just revisiting for nostalgia, and it's not like necessarily a masterpiece of its genre by any means. Right. But there's just something about the imagery and the lyrics and just the intensity of each song on this album is just. It stands the test of time for me, man. 
That song that we play in the intro was called Stained Silver. It's the opening track to the record we're talking about today, which is called Antenna. came out in 2003 on RCA Records. And Q, I know you've got a lot to, to tell us about RCA and the drama that came with, with RCA, but we'll talk about that later. Anyway, um, yeah, let's just, let's just get into it. Uh, this is going to be a music-heavy episode. Lots of clips. Um, a lot of these songs are songs that you have to hear in, in its entirety, right, to really appreciate yeah. the, the, the impact of the song. So, yeah, we're going to have a lot of music. Yeah, and I want to focus on these lyrics too, man. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, Q, uh, we've hyped the shit out of this record. I think we've been hyping it also for the last like two weeks. Like, you know what, dude? I think the hype was over after the intro clip, dude. You know, you I hear so. that? You hear that fucking thirty seconds worth of stained silver, and you're like, "Hello, my ears are perked. <laughs> my ears are perked, and you got my attention." Hopefully, that's what the listener said. Hopefully, and you know what? If you're, if you. Yeah, I'm reading it right here. I was gonna say, if you, um, I'm curious to know how many how many listeners out there are familiar with this record. Yeah, I don't know how. So from what I've read, these guys made a name for themselves in the metalcore genre in the mid to late '90s. Founding members are two dudes, Jay Freshetti and Stephen Brodsky. They formed the band in '95. Um, other members have gone in and out. And if you listen to their early, early stuff, they are a straight up scream, screamo hardcore band. Um, that's the only way I know how to describe them. They're in the metal genre, but it's not like, and help me out here, Travis. It's not like doom metal, like guttural yelling metal it's more yeah, of the it, it's hardcore branch kind of, yeah it's, yeah it's it's a different branch of the of the metal tree for sure it's not yeah it's not more quote-unquote traditional metal right like you said it's metal metal core like screamo almost right? yeah 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 exactly um so again if you listen to cave in like like when when we start playing these tunes from from these albums we actually have two albums we're going to cover music from today but you're going to think where's the fucking metal in this but that's because they changed vocalists pretty early on. The main vocalist from the beginning, his name's Jay, he ended up focusing on another band, kind of like how we were talking about with, with Braid. They lost one of their singers. Um, and then he ended up going and just focusing on this other band full time. So Steven Brodsky took over as lead vocalist in, I want to say, like around 99. And so then they kind of changed up their style a little bit. And I'm going to quote Brodsky here. Being a, quote, huge metal fan, he said, I realized I couldn't keep singing like that without destroying my voice. And on top of that, we were scared that uh, that we would be pigeonholed as a metal core band and we would be stuck playing shows with other metal core bands. We wanted to do something different. So then they start experimenting with their sound around 99, 2000. Um, and they were, quote, described as a emo metal radio head. Man, if that doesn't get you excited. <laughs> yeah. I don't right? know. So with that, I want to play a clip from their five song EP 
that came out in 99 called Creative Eclipses. So again, at this point, they've changed hands with lead singer and they're kind of doing a, a change in sound, which means nothing to most of you unless you happen to press pause and go play their early stuff. Doesn't matter. Here is a song from their five-song EP, Creative Eclipses. This song is called Luminance. So what's interesting about that clip, having never heard it before, I've actually never listened to anything but Antenna from these guys, is that you start to hear the the makings of, you know, how, how they got from that to, to the Antenna sound, you know. Yeah. And I love the drumming. The drumming is really cool, man. I yeah, love that. Yeah, me too. So the drummer, his name is J.R. Connors. And then we've got... Again, Steven Brodsky on lead guitar and vocals, Adam McGrath on guitar as well, and then Caleb Schofield on bass guitar. That's the lineup at the time. Emo Metal Radiohead? Um, I mean, is that what they were saying about that sound or the or the sound they had before that? About creative eclipses. I would have to listen to more of it before I could before I could say one way or the other, but I maybe. Other people described them as prog rock kind of like rush but without the annoying singer <laughs> whoever said that did not okay. like did not like the lead singer of rush no but they, um, i mean they they uh but i see that they are classified as a progressive rock band so yeah maybe that's why they get rush the rush label right yeah and so here's the here's the thing with with creative eclipses and with other albums leading up to antenna leading up to getting signed to rca they were a lot more experimental and progressive in that their songs would you know progress in a certain way and they would be seven eight minutes long they get signed to rca and basically it turns into a full-time job and they fucking hate it um and this dude we have 
We have sung this tune time and time again on this podcast. You get signed to an RCA. <laughs> you get signed to a, a I mean, major... likes of an RCA, you could say that. You get signed to an RCA-type label, a major record label, and the life of your band just gets sucked dry. That's what happened to Cave In, unfortunately. And this is something that we're learning right now. You know what I mean? Like, when we discovered this album, Antenna was Cave In to us. We didn't think about pressures from major record labels or any of that kind of stuff. We just listened to an album and appreciated it. So it's, I don't know. It's I wouldn't say it's a bummer, but it definitely changes my feelings it, does towards it, does this it taint album. Your, your, your experience of the album a little bit it makes me feel for these dudes because from what yeah. from the from the interviews that i watched and and you know articles that i've read for starters they they went into rca and then rca expected a certain sound from them so they would go into the uh their practice space and they would have their practice sessions and it would be from they said like 12 p.m to 5 30 six days a week and they would be practicing one song and they would have been doing this song one a certain way for months and then overthink it and completely change the the way that they went with a certain song and then just completely flip it and do it completely different after months and months of you know five and a half hours a day practicing a way that, that this certain song sounds and then they listen back to the album there's a lot of songs on this album that are right, cringeworthy to them i don't understand so why did they decide to change it after hours of practicing and stuff because of pressures and oh, overthinking so it just like rca would tell them to change it no dude from from what i was hearing well, that's, with in that's these their own fucking problem but that's because of the pressures of the things that rca expected from them we need these cookie cutter you know, verse, chorus, verse, interlude, chorus, whatever. Perfect little packaged sure, sure. four and a half radio. to five minute radio songs. Yeah, yeah. You know, we don't want it any other way. But that's the thing. Like, knowing this record, I think there are some songs that probably fall into that, like, that are radio, quote unquote, radio templated, you know? Yeah. But there's some other ones that I think I think it's safe to say that they got they got what they wanted out of it, you know? Especially... uh you know, Sea Frost is is almost nine minutes long, right? Yeah, and that's track six. I don't know if we're gonna play that song. Oh, we're playing the hell out of Sea Frost, dude. Are you kidding me? All right, then. Exactly. It's the first one we're so, playing. Yeah. Well, let's see. You know, knowing that, right? Let's see if 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 we come away from this uh, saying that these are cookie cutter songs because I don't think they are. So okay, I think more than anything, what they learned from this experience with RCA is that. You know, okay, we we had all these people that were paid to do all these things for us as a band, which we were grateful of, but we realized at the end of it that we could do all those things on our own and have complete control, and we wouldn't be absolutely, you know, shells of of musicians, and, like, we wouldn't have to think of this as a job. We can do this on our own, and we can be successful at it without RCA. And we'll get into a little bit more of it, but let's play a song. Yeah. Uh, this is up there for me as far as favorites on the record. Um, this is track six. We're going to play two clips. This song is called 
Seafrost. Yeah, it's a great uh, it's a great song to play as our first assessment of this record here because it's so um, like sweeping and like very uh, I don't want to say epic because I don't like using that word. Well, you know what, dude? There's another song that we're gonna play. Yes, that is epic, my friend, and I will okay. gladly yeah. call it that. You're right, but what I'm saying is like if if they were if they were concerned about the cookie cutter song like they this is not one of those examples like and there's even a quote from and you may have had this in your notes too q but a review of this record on a publication called delusions of adequacy said kind of the same thing that we just talked about there it said there are multiple songs here that are more than deserving of radio play and massive exposure and the world would be a better place if that happened on the other hand there are also sprawling moments like the aforementioned sea frost, which allow the band to really spread its wings. Nice. There you go. Spread their wings, right? Yeah. Perfect. I like that. Sprawling. Maybe that's the word I was looking for. It's very like, you know, it, 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 that intro, the baseline is killer. Oh yeah. And something that I, that I've always loved about this record is just the, like the sonic quality of, the guitars, you know, and just that wall of sound that they kind of pull off. Not in the way that like a, a shoegaze band would do a wall of sound, right? right? It's right. different, but it's, yeah, there's something about it. And do, uh, f- with this song, um, I feel like they capture 
the feeling of the lyrics. Yeah. And I don't know, dude. Okay, let's I know what let's, you mean. Let's dive in the lyrics real quick and then we'll get into clip two. I think it's a uh metaphor here. Now, this person is not literally freezing. They're singing about a uh, a love that's gone cold. Classic heartbreak right, song. Right. Yeah. Um Dreaming lightly on your own, I wouldn't mind you being alone. Nothing here has been the same ever since this winter came. Or do you think he's talking about like uh, Game of Thrones? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, when did <laughs> Georgie boy uh, I don't write know. that shit? <laughs> no idea. Uh, seized the engine in my heart and the cold could break my soul apart. Frozen on my knees, I pray love will melt this all away. So he's got a cold heart, Q. He's got a cold heart. But, like, I don't know. When I listen to this song, I get goosebumps, dude. I get a little I yeah. get a little chill. There's several goosebump moments on this record, and we're going to play yeah. the most goosebumply of them. Oh, dude, yeah. Uh, when we play Breath of Water. Um, and we're going to talk about that moment, dude, when we Ugh. get to it. Ugh. All right, let's play clip two from We may Seed have to Frost. do, like, a moment of silence after that part. If I could... Uh, Hype it up a little bit more, but we'll get to that song later. So clip two from Seafrost is basically just an outro. Um, Something I wanted to mention about this outro cue. I think that this could lead a little bit of credibility to the Radiohead uh, comparisons that maybe they got in the past. Because I think some some of the manipulations and stuff that they do... His vocals and like kind of the cool sounds and stuff that they do, yeah, kind of Radiohead esque, you know. All right, if if I can say that, I mean, well, let's give it a listen, brother. Yeah, let's just hear it. Let's hear it, and then we'll see if I'm if I'm right or not. Here's what I appreciate about that song, dude. Rarely does a re- does a song end 
with a buildup. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I was building up to something, it's, yeah. it felt like. Yeah. And then it just um, kind of descended into noisy yeah. chaos. But you can hear a little bit of, of, of maybe like a Kid A era. Yes. I was Radiohead, thinking that too, right? dude. And if you, if you tried hard enough, you can hear a little bit of Tom York coming through. Yeah. A little bit. Oh, I mean, with, Tom York it, yeah, has. Yeah, in, in his vocal has, range. Yeah. Tom, Tom York has arguably one of the greatest voices in, in rock music ever. So it's hard to, to reach that, the, the heights of Tom York. But yeah, well, let I me tell you, man, I, Stephen Brodsky's vocals is up there for me as far as yeah, like I, most, my, my, some of my favorite uh, vocalists in the rock genre, dude. Yeah, he's got a great love voice, no voice. doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, Q, what are we doing now? What's our next track here? Well, first I want to quote, uh, let's see, McGarth, who is the other guitar player. Um, so Antenna comes out. They're on tour nonstop. They're interviewed all the time. And he says, we think we can do better than Antenna. Some parts sound labored over, and moments of the record seem like the life has been sucked out of it. But we're very proud of Antenna as a record. Three years ago, if you said we'd write songs like this, I would never have believed it. You think he was talking about Seafrost? No, I just I just wanted to, to to quote him on that because like yes, all the you know, moments felt labored and like the life was sucked out of them in these RCA years, but they were still really proud of what they did. And it was something they never thought that they could achieve even just a few years earlier. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm glad that they were, that they were proud of it. You know what I mean? Because I've worked on projects that were a beat down dude and like deadlines that were, that were super tight and we were overworked. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, you know, if you're proud of the result, then, then, you know, that's all that matters. Not to say that they weren't treated like shit by RCA because I'm sure they were. But I'm glad that they don't look back at it and they're completely like, you know, regret it, right? It sounds like they don't regret it, which is good. The, yeah. I, no, it's, it's, they, they think of it as a learning experience. And there's more I'm going to say on it, but I want to just play some more tunes. So yeah. uh, we're going to jump down one track, track eight off the record. This one is called Youth Overrided.
Yeah, this has always been one of my favorite tracks on the record. Same, dude. I love the lyrics. I love the guitar. Man. The yeah. guitar is killer. Yeah, dude. The lyrics are great. Um, like you're saying, uh, you know, it's a song about uh, feeling like youth has passed you by, right? My favorite line, I guarantee you it's yours as well. Uh, when he says, I just need something. Just fucking give me something to live for again, damn it. That wasn't all in it, but <laughs> I don't think that's I was not say, all of that was in it. He says, "I just need something. I don't want to fear every dying year. Don't you dare tell me I cannot be made to believe that the rings under my eyes are really blessings in disguise." I mean, listen. Here's the thing, though, dude. We've spent the last few weeks uh, being nostalgic about our youth, right? right? I mean, that's what this this back to school batch of episodes is about: is reflecting back on how great our youth was not everybody has uh or fortunate enough to to maybe look back and, and have fond memories of their youth i don't know which way uh you know he he goes with 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 his experience right but it sounds like it went too fast yeah for him and like youth his youth was overrided right? yeah he's saying like i'm old already and everything's already been decided in my life yeah, well, I mean, you could interpret it in multiple ways, right? Yeah, you can. It's either the youth was stolen from him, meaning he had a shitty childhood, and he had a bad experience. Uh, therefore, he wasn't really able to, uh, you know, have a childhood, quote unquote. Yeah, his youth was stolen from him. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I love the lyrics. Like you said, um, the guitar has always has always stood out to me as well. I love how it starts with. I don't know if you know how to get that sound on a guitar, but you just kind of pluck the, uh, uh, like the below the the nut or whatever above the nut, but below the I don't fucking know. I didn't even know there was a nut on a guitar. Other guitar players listening out there are like, <laughs> "Are you a fucking idiot?" It's the it's. <laughs> anyway, you can get that sound if you if you kind of in, in a couple of different places. I like it that that the, they've got that with basically some like a little bit of echo on it, and they got this kind of cool like harp sound almost to it, right? Well, I don't have another clip for this song, but... Well, I, there's a cool guitar solo. How about you play the guitar solo, man? All right, We'll dude. just play the guitar solo for you. So there you go, Q. Got to hear a little bridge there. And not really a proper guitar solo, but still like kind of a little little ditty there on the guitar. Yeah. And I like the lyrics too in the bridge or whatever you want to call it. He says, all these memories bailing out on me, gone into the void. God must need them more anyways. It's like, you know what? It's fine. You know, we all get old. It's fine. I'm fine with it now. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know what? You just, you're, you're. I've peaked. Resigned. You've resigned to it. Fuck it. <laughs> oh, that's sad, man. Jesus. All right. Well, all these hey. memories gone into the void, dude. Damn, dude. Hold on to your memories, man. That's all he got. 
God must need them more anyways, dude. So I'll let him what have What does that even fucking mean? I don't know, All dude. Right. So speaking of like depressing, you don't even know until we play this next this song. This next dude. song, man. The lyrics are fucking killer. All right, man. Uh, but hey, before we jump into our next pick, let's take a quick break. Now, Q, are we gonna are we gonna play? Is this one of those moments where we can play this from start to finish? Should we? Because I, I, yes, I think we should. Okay. Because there are certain songs that you need to hear from start to finish to get the full impact, and I think this is one of those songs, man. Otherwise, it's us, our fucking chuckleheads, chiming in <laughs> in the middle, being like, "Oh, isn't that cool? Here's the next part." It's like when you're watching, you're trying to watch a movie on TV. And for some damn reason, they cut to a commercial. And yeah, like they cut to a commercial really in the perfect tense part. moment in the film. Yes. And you're like, what the fuck yeah. are you doing? And exactly. And and the thing about this song is you, you have to hear it from start to finish to really get the build up. And because of the story that he's telling yeah. and ultimately leading up to sort of like the climax release moment of the song, which is oh. what we talked about earlier. Oh, yeah, dude. You need that release. This, yes. Yeah. This song, man. And but, until our network tells us. Listen, twin boys, you can't be playing full songs. We're gonna fucking do it. Yeah. What? 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 Is RCA gonna come knock on my door? I ain't scared of Hell RCA. No. RCA doesn't fucking, give a shit the, about the, us. The dude. dog, the little dog. I don't care about that little dog. <laughs> right. What's he gonna do? He's captivated by that old timey record player, dude. Exactly. And I guarantee you, he's not listening to K Ben. So someone's got to do it. Right, let's do it, man. From start to finish. Here we go. This song is called "Breath of Water." Time to tell the truth to 
do we need to give that moment of silence man i yeah i feel like we do because i yeah i mean all right so yeah i mean i'm fucking (laughs) dumbfounded dude Dude, the last time i heard you like this is when we listened to uh helplessness blues by fleet foxes yeah i don't remember which song but you were like i don't know because like it's one of those things where the the music obviously just spoke for itself. Well, and we can't read the entire song. No, no, no. But the, but the beauty of those lyrics. Let's just yeah. read at the very least 
I love the imagery here. And not to mention like the story that he's telling with this yeah, song. Yeah, dude. Uh, but okay, so we're just going to read, I'm just going to read the lyrics or the chorus because I love this shit. Oh, hang on. Let, no, let me start off with the first verse, dude. Okay. Okay. All right. It is time to tell the truth to anyone who cares to know what brought him to this point. Curled up into a ball, they stole the only things that could break his fall. Almost out of air, far beyond repair, doomed. Time is wearing thin, the technicolor is gone. See it all, numb and black and white. Now, Travis, go ahead and read the chorus, dude. Okay. Because I love this shit. Yeah, me too, man. So now, please, it's your last drop of air. So now, breathe and take your very first breath of water. Allow yourself just one breath of water. Allow yourself this one last breath. I love the imagery of taking your last drop of air and breathing in your first breath of water. I can't get enough of that shit. Go and read the lyrics for yourself. It's a really tragic story. Beautifully written. Wonderfully done, I think, as a as a group, the way they approached this song. Yes. And especially the build up to that that end yeah. that we wanted that we insisted on playing the whole song so we could get the full impact of it. The guitar solo at the end, the guitar the build up to that guitar part at the end, and then the chorus when the whole band comes together at the end. Yeah. And then at the very, very end when he has that moment where he's just kind of screaming breath of water over and over again. It just gets me every time, dude. Yeah, dude. I know. It's great. Yeah. And so, you know, we started out, they start out the song with, it's time to tell the truth to anyone who cares to know. You skip a few lines down. He says, I'd rather spare the truth from anyone who cares to know. Like, I'd rather not really tell you like this full extent of the truth of, yeah, of yeah, how yeah. we found him. But here it is. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Whew. It's a beautiful song. Right. And it's, 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 I mean, I would argue you can't make it any, any better. I don't, yeah. You know what I mean? And this is what's interesting about this song, dude. If they spent so much time agonizing over this record because of pressures from the studio, yeah. I would like to know was this song pared down in any way? Was there more to this song? Probably not. Remember, I sent you a link to, um, Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. At the end of Creative Eclipses, which came out in 99, they have a demo version of this song. Yeah. And you're right. it is eight minutes long. Um, right. So that's, you know, so that's, they did cut out a few minutes worth right. of of tunage, but I, I think this version is better than their demo. Yeah. I think so too. But that tells you they had been working on that song for quite a bit. Yeah. For at least four years, probably longer, longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think this song is probably why they get the the progressive rock label attached to them because this is one of those songs that's got a very kind of progressive rock vibe to it. It's 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 a story that they're telling, right? There's a lot of imagery involved. Yeah. So with their change in sound, they got a lot of backlash, mostly from the metal community. Not so much from the fact that they signed to a major label. So not so much coming from the independent world but more so from the metal uh, world saying like, how could, you know, how could you guys change your sound? And yeah. Derogatory, this and that. You guys went soft, basically. 
so they got a lot of shit from the metal world, but they said, you know what, we didn't want those kind of people around us anyways, so I'm glad that we weeded them out. So, you know, with Steven realizing, I can't fucking make a career out of out of screaming the entire time because, you know, my, my poor vocal, vocal cords. And he's got a great voice anyway, man. Yeah. So with with him realizing just with a, the technical reasons for not wanting to continue in the metalcore scene, to signing on to RCA, 2003, this album comes out. They go on this massive tour, worldwide tour with Foo Fighters. They're, they support the Foo Fighters. They support Muse. Um, they're just touring nonstop after this album comes out. By 2005, I'm going to quote Steven again. He says, corporate cave-in is dead uh and then they come out with an album called perfect pitch black where they get back on their own uh or not their own but they get back on a smaller label where they pretty much have complete control over everything he says corporate cave-in is dead perfect pitch black is the grave marker Uh, so basically they're saying corporate cave-in was birthed in 2003 by the time re-release this album Perfect Pitch Black, which came out in 2005. Corporate Cave-In is completely dead, and this is the grave marker for that. Like, here is proof that Corporate Cave-In is dead. If you listen to Perfect Pitch Black, it is a like a perfect blend of... The old and corporate new. Cave-in, uh, yeah, of Corporate Cave-In and their old stuff. There's some, there's some heavy scream moments, but most of it is a little bit more dialed in and you know, structured and it's really good stuff, dude. We're playing antenna because this is the album of theirs that we latched onto way back then. But the funny thing is I like quote unquote corporate cave in. Right. Me too. Least. I don't know any better because I didn't really listen to any of the other stuff. Yeah. But I fell in love with corporate cave in. Yeah. So um if we go back to some of the some of the press around antenna, um it's not like it was like you said. Some of the some of the previous the previous fan base wasn't happy with it, right? But it got for the most part pretty good pretty good coverage. Um, uh, Pitchfork being the exception, of course. But Alternative Press, uh, some publication, the author of that, they gave him a five star rating out of five, and he said this guy, his name is Brian Kraus. He says this record should be in everyone's stereo this spring as it may go down in the history books as the pet sounds for the aggressive rock world. Now that's a fucking compliment. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I was bummed out when I found these interviews with these guys, I was super bummed out only because, and I'll post the link to this interview. These guys just looked just, they just look absolutely drained. Like nothing about the interview is fun they look every every single answer that they give to this guy that's asking them questions. It seems like they feel obligated to answer them, like they just don't want to be there. It looks like they're backstage, you know. I mean, they just look completely exhausted and just completely over I mean, they got over to tour it. with Foo Fighters, man. Well, yeah. I don't know where this interview, where this is, in you know, in relation to that. Yeah, but sure. But that was after the the album was released. After also, dude, I I didn't even mention this, and I'll. I feel like it's worth mentioning because this happens so many times with quite a few artists that we've covered. This is the story. 
their A&R guy completely ditched them when when they needed him the most. So same with Spoon. Like, they just stopped getting help with promotions and help with touring and everything from RCA. Basically, they just cut cut all ties but with him. Why did they though? Because people weren't weren't latching onto the record the way that they thought. They, it wasn't as big of a success as they thought. They released uh, Anchor as a single, and RCA basically just thought Kevin was going to skyrocket yeah. with Anchor, and it didn't happen, so they just tossed him aside. So, Q, um, we don't have any more clips for this for this track, right? Or for this album, right? No, this is it, man. Okay, so I want to mention this. I think we focused on more of the um, sort of the heavier, not heavier, heavier, not like distortion and like in tempo wise, but like more uh songs with some gravity to them right yeah yeah yeah. i wanted to mention that there are a lot of songs on this record that are a little bit more uplifting i guess i don't know i know dude i know you hate that fuck i get it i don't know how to say it but uh you know there's there's some some more upbeat let's just you know what let's just do something different right now okay let's just play a couple like let's play a minute of a song that's a little more um quote-unquote uplifting I like Inspire. I'm a fan of Inspire. You want to play? Okay, it? Inspire, sure. And Inspire is one of my favorite tracks on the record. So let's just play a little bit of it, just so just to, a to little give the bit. other uh, the other flavor that you get on this record. Just in case we haven't convinced you enough with the tracks we played, there is a different side to this record as well. So yeah, here's Inspire. inspires you travis Uh, right now dude nobody (laughs) (laughs) and that's just all i'm gonna leave it at that well you know what dude this just shows how much this album means to us and i don't you know maybe that doesn't mean anything to to anyone this is a great track though and i I, we had every intention of playing the song but then we said well we got to play these other songs yeah like we can't leave out sea frost or breath of water or youth overrided right we're like well how long do we want this episode this to episode be. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be one of the longer episodes and i'm yeah, fine with that because yeah. i'm glad we got to play inspire that's a great track and i think it showcases again how how uh exceptionally well they do that wall of sound i wish i had better words to use dude right because like, wall of sound is like dedicated to the shoe to shoe games right but reason. it's still but it but it still applies here i feel like yeah you know right out of the gate and what i love about that 
intro is how it starts with that very more like in the baseline, dude. The bass the bass player's fucking killer, dude. Oh yeah. I don't know if I've ever really given him credit yet, but the the bass player is fucking bringing it, bringing the goods every track, man. Mr. Caleb Schofield. But what, what I like about that song, how it transitions into that very quote unquote. I'm gonna say generic because it is kind of a generic it rock riff. That doom 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 doom. Yeah. How many times has that been done? I know. But I like the way that they do it. Anyway, all right, Q. We have to stop. Otherwise, we can keep talking about this record uh, forever. Yeah, dude. Let's wrap it up, man. It's it's what you heard time. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Anyway, uh, this is a record that I can safely say there is n- there is no filler on this on this record. There is no filler. There, there's a single, but there's no filler. There is a single. There is a single. That, but every single track is a banger. It's a record that you push play on and you got to listen all the way through. I know we say that a lot, but this is one of those records that uh, you have to you have to hear the whole thing. And hopefully we've convinced you that that uh, it'll be worth it for you. All right, Q. So that was Cave In. That was their album, Antenna. Came out in 2003. One of my favorite records, probably of all time, dude. It's on that list. Same. It has a special place in my heart and not for the same reasons that some of their other records we've done recently have. I mean, this sits... This sits legitimately on my top top records list, right? Yeah. Not because of nostalgia or anything like that, because I legitimately love this record and come back to it all the time. All right, man. Like you said, it's what you heard time. And uh, I think we mentioned this last week. We have a Spotify playlist now where we are putting all of our what you heards. So if you uh, if you want a, a, a hodgepodge of music, like this... This playlist, like, it's all over the map, right? Which is the point of what you heard is to bring any and every type of song. Yeah, it's, it's random. Dude, that's random. the whole point. Yeah. yeah. But these are our weekly what you heards, which is just uh, basically a random track that myself and, and Quentin uh, stumbled upon uh, in between recordings, right? Because we listen to music all the time, right? That's what we do. So, And the whole point of this podcast is to share music with people so we thought let's figure out a way to to share even more music with people every week and that was the birth of what you heard uh i've done some shuffle plan on this playlist a few times and as random as it is dude it's a good listen like yeah even if it goes from doom metal to jazz you know right it's it's entertaining and it's it's good it's good stuff yeah so i mean and here's the thing the funny thing about it is like a lot of times if I share a playlist with somebody, I always tell them, hey, make sure you hit shuffle, right? For this one, you don't, you really don't have to because it is, right. like you said, it's all over the map. Yeah. Um, there's no need to shuffle, but feel free to shuffle if you want. Yeah. And, and the list is just in order of when we play it, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, exactly. I, and it's, I've got it added in from the top down. So every week, the top song is going to be the new one that we the just newest. played. Yeah. The newest, right? And as we mentioned earlier last week, if you follow this playlist, you're going to get to hear our What You Heard track before the episode drops. So if that incentivizes you. Yeah. We got at least one person to follow us. Probably Tyler, maybe. Tyler. Are we listening. are we shouting out to Tyler again, dude? I'll shout out to Tyler fucking every week. <laughs> uh, Tyler, if you're listening. We love you. We hey we mentioned we mentioned spoon in this in this episode did we dude okay Tyler yes, maybe you can help us out how many times have we mentioned the band spoon in this freaking podcast 
Yeah, Tyler, go back and listen to every episode <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah, could you do some homework track. for us? Yeah. Because Tyler is our resident spoon nerd. Let's just give him that title yes. right now. Sure. <laughs> All right. Anyways, sure. Uh, let me go first. Dude. All right. Okay. Good, because my song's gonna knock your fucking socks off, dude. That's dude. I don't. I'm not even wearing socks right now. So what are you gonna do about that? Well, on the night, it's already done. <laughs> All right. So I don't remember where I heard this song, but here K-A-X-P. it is. No, dude. I don't think so. Um, some fucking bar. You know what, man? At? Listen, some bar. I'm not going anywhere these days, <laughs> and I usually listen to KEXP in my car, and I'm not going nowheres. Okay. Well, shit. Anyways, this band is called Crumb. And they have one full-length album that just came out last June. Um, the album is called Jinx. They are a psychedelic rock jazz band. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, that sounds cool. There is a killer fucking song on this on this record. I'm going to play it for you. This song is called Nina. track solid track i feel like that's very similar to one of my what you heard from a couple of weeks back um similar kind of sound if you like that that kind of jazzy uh psychedelic then listen to the song uh tops on the on the playlist i'm sorry the band tops a song called direct sunlight that i played a couple of weeks back anyway yeah that's good good stuff yeah they remind me of they're like a little bit more jazzy groovy cock and swan okay yeah i mean the voice is i mean cock and swan is kind of a shoegaze right not just with her voice but more so with the with the groove yes, like and the, the beat yeah, the drum beat the groove yes yeah. yes yes yeah I, I got you there i'm with you on that one i love it dude it's good stuff um i will say that's that's my favorite song on on the album but it's definitely worth giving a listen to and again this is their first full-length release so again that's a band called crumb album is called jinx the song is called nina all right travis what you've been hearing lately brother all right man um i found a record from the 90s that i fucking fell in love with instantly you've been like swimming in 90s for the last couple weeks that's true so um waiting in it maybe it's better yes uh knee deep maybe even waist deep at this point with your floaties on so a few weeks back i uh my what you heard 
everything revolves around my what you heard because it reflects what I what I'm listening to, right? It what reflects I'm, what you heard. It <laughs> reflects what I've been hearding. <laughs> I brought the a band called Hum, which a lot of people probably have familiarity with. They're a band from the '90s that had basically they had one single called uh, Stars came out in '95, and I've been listening to their I've been listening to mainly two other records. You'd prefer an astronaut and Downward is Heavenward. Two great records. I brought a track off of Downward is Heavenward a few weeks back. So anyway, a lot of times when I do that, when I find a band that I love, I'm like, okay, can I have some more of that, please? And then I try to find similar bands, right? So, um, and the funny thing is I wouldn't call these guys similar at all, but I bounced to them from other bands that were were similar to kind of thing, right? To Hum. So here's, I'm going to shout Spoon out again, Tyler, if you're listening. I would say that this record reminds me of one of my favorite Spoon songs ever, Minor Tough, mm. off of, um, fuck me. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Tyler. I'm sorry. Uh, I, gotta, I, I can't gotta think of it either right now. Dude. A series of sneaks. Jesus, man. Okay. It's right there. Oh, okay. It reminds me of, 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 of Minor Tough, and it also reminds me of Girls Can Tell era Spoon. Ooh. So that's like okay. primo spoon sound. Yes, primo. but no, I will say that it's a little bit more punk oriented, but it's got that quality that Minor Tough has, which I think is more of a, um, a a spoon song with a little more bite to it, right? Yeah, and you know what, dude? I think it's time to just play the song. Okay, you know I like to talk a lot. <laughs> yeah, dude. But you got you got to paint a picture, you know. Why don't we let the music paint that tune? All right, we're gonna let this music paint. <laughs> so this band is called Unwound. And the record came out in 1996. It's called Repetition. This is their fifth record. And as the singer and guitarist Justin Trosper says, he says he likes that word. It sort of describes a lot of things. People have said that our music is repetitious. So I thought it would be funny if we called our record that. We got uh, here's, here's something different, Q. We got to let this song play all the way through. There, I said it. I'm sorry. I know this song, this, uh, this, uh, Episode is really long already. It's fine, dude. But... I'm the one who edits edits it together, so it's just my problem. Yeah, you got nothing. Yeah, you else just going sit on. back and relax. I'll do all the work. I will. All right, let's play the tune. This song is called "Unauthorized Autobiography" by a band called Unwound. Wait, hang on. What now? What's the band name and what's the album name? I already said it. I know, dude. I'm just fucking with you.
was just repetition in all the right ways, dude. <laughs> Thank <laughs> right. you. I mean, that's, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's the funny thing about that, right? Is he's right. Like, he said, you know, a lot of people said our music is repetitious, so we're just going to yeah. name our record that. Well, that this is one of those moments, man, when you're just like, okay, cool. So the landscape of music was way more far along earlier on than I thought it was. As far as like, because of the age that we are, and yes. when we got into, like, seriously got into music, you know, like, when we yes. did, the time that we did, like, I didn't know that this kind of shit was already going on. I don't well, know, Well, that's the dude. thing. It's like, it's Spoon was doing this not, Spoon was doing this not too much later, right? Right. I mean, yes. And that's the thing. Here's what, here's what I've been doing lately, right? Is, I think what you're trying to get at is like, uh, most of the rock bands of the '90s that we were familiar with, familiar with, because we were only really tuning into the stuff that our brother was playing, yeah. which was more the the mainstream stuff. It was more grunge, alternative rock. It was more, yeah, Smashing Pumpkins, yeah, uh, you know, the Nirvana and stuff like that. There was so much more to the to to '90s rock, yeah. that I'm learning about, that I'm diving into, and I I find that I really love this more obscure stuff, right? Bands like Hum, bands like Unwound. There's a ton of other bands that I'm saving for the for the next few weeks. Here's who I was reminded of, and I had to remind myself just now, after being reminded of this band, that they also have been doing this since the 90s, Modest Mouse. Yeah. Like that kind of sound where when you compare it to the quote-unquote mainstream, which is funny to put grunge in the mainstream. It's hilarious right. to me. The, but that's yeah. what I mean. I, mean I, I can hear Cobain just rolling over <sighs> Dude, right I know. But like, yeah, that shit was going on in the 90s way into it and we just happened to to discover bands like that you know 10 years later and the thing the fun but the other yeah, funny thing is that probably the bands that we heard in the 2000s that that we thought were like indie bands like interpol interpol has some of that sound too a little bit they were probably influenced by these guys yeah, yeah. dude i'm totally i'm so into this man I, i'm excited to listen to it to more of it yes uh, i was gonna say listen to repetition um, the, you know, they've got several records before that. I listened to Repetition and then I listened to the, the album after that. The one that, the album that came out right after that one is called Challenge for a Civilized Society. But their whole, everything I've heard from them is good. Like I've skipped around here and there. Awesome. Have you, have you listened to Fake Train? So that's their first album. It came out in 93. Have you gone back that far? Yes. And it is more, it, it, it does sound more punk rock oriented, you know? Okay. They're not proper punk rock. They're more like, uh, you know, post post-punk as you know if you will um but repetition is a solid fucking record man all the way through it's great i'm excited to uh, give it a go. and i went back and forth on which track i wanted to play the first three tracks on the record are killer corpse pose track two yeah. is fucking dope dude anyway it's a great record uh it's a great band it's one of those it's one of those records that i hit playing it instantly connected connected with it you know and just fell in love with it man so anyway well, I'm, dude, I'm looking at the timestamp on this. All right, all right. And, man, I'm going to have to really hone in my producing skills to narrow this puppy down because this one get it. is lengthy. You'll get it down, dude. I yeah, you know what? Faith in it's you. fine. I'll take care of it, dude. You just sit yeah. back, relax. I will. <laughs> These guys are from Washington, by the way, Q. Of course they, they are, dude. Olympia. Olympia? Fuck, mm-hmm. yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You know, Kurt Cobain lived in Olympia. Well, there you go. Does the word Tumwater mean anything to you, Q? Yeah. Okay, well, they're from Tumwater slash Olympia. Cool. So there you go.
All right, man. All right, let's let's get on with it. Uh, okay. Have we? We still haven't decided who we're going to cover as a sidetrack for Cayman, but we'll figure it out. We got a week to do it. So as always, you can find us on the Pantheon Podcast Network. There you can find a lot of other awesome music-centered podcasts. You can also check us out on our website, nofillerpodcast.com. There you can stream all of our episodes as well as dive into show notes for each episode. You can also find us on pretty much any podcast app, including iTunes. should be able to find us there. Hey, you know what? G- g- go on to iTunes and give us a review. Yes, Thank please. you, Tyler, for doing that. Yes. Another shout out to Tyler. Tyler gave us a glowing review. Yes. You don't have to glow. That. You, can, you can be honest with us if you want. Give but... us zero stars, dude. G- give us zero. Oh, only f- no, no. You know, only five stars on iTunes. Okay. If you want to give us a zero star then just yell at us on Twitter. Okay. I'm joking. Do do whatever you want, <laughs> but we prefer five stars for iTunes. I mean, that's I would prefer say. six or seven stars, but that's not an option. You can do that, Q. All right. Well, so for the outro today, we're going to play a song from Codeine off their 1991 album, Frigid Stars. Guess what the song name is, dude? Oh, yeah, that's right. It's called Cave In. That's right. And that is the reason why these boys decided to name their band cave in is an homage to this band they are a post-hardcore band from the early 90s that's the same wheelhouse that i that my what you heard was from dude so this is great yep it's good stuff it's a great song i'm glad that i found it well i feel like it found me by <laughs> popping up on the wikipedia page for cave in i didn't fucking find it dude i didn't do shit you know it found Whatever, me dude. give yourself credit I'm not giving myself credit for that. Okay. Uh, You read, I mean, you you read a Wikipedia article and you found it. Therefore, you found it. I just feel like someone else found it before me, you know? Yeah, the fuck cave in. That's why they (laughs) named their band after it. I don't know, man. I just, I don't like to toot my horn like, check this out, dude. No one else knows about it. I found it. (laughs) Come on. All right, man. We're trying to wrap this up. All right. Thank you so much. As always, for listening, my name is Quentin. And my name is Travis. Y'all take care. Last night I jumped your face The skin was falling
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.